0: In this season, I'll be reading from my mom's journal and adding explanations, stories, and memories of my own. It should reveal everything you ever wanted to know about the life of a single mother on an Indian reservation during a recession. Warning. This segment contains explicit content. Specifically, I'll be talking about sexual abuse when I was a child. If you listen to this segment, it'll color all the rest of the series in darker shades, and so if you want a lighter listening experience all the way through, it might be well if you skip this segment. That said, I'll continue. My mom's journal says February 21st, 1983, President's Day, no school. That's all it says. But for me, this was probably one of the worst days of my life. My mom got me up in the morning and got me dressed and... I hadn't walked a block when I realized Chris wasn't joining me that wasn't all that unusual, and I'd walked three or four blocks, and the Huckaluck twins didn't join me, but this also wasn't horribly unusual. By the time I got to school, there were no school buses lined up, no children playing in the playground, and I was afraid. I felt like I must be hours late. I ran up to the glass doors of the elementary school and yanked open the door, but it was locked. I put my face against the glass and cut my hands around my eyes to look inside to see if someone would let me in, but it was dark inside and I didn't see anyone. Then I noticed the note that said, No school, President's Day. I felt joyful that there was no school and that I wasn't late. Then I noticed the tetherball. I normally on any other day there would be several other girls playing tetherball and I really never got a chance to play. This time the tetherball was all mine and I slapped the ball one hand and slapped it back the other direction back and forth and back and forth and I swung the ball by the rope and let it coil around the pole and then did it the other way and it, it was fun. I was just about um, ready to leave off this activity when I noticed my neighbor walk up. 16 year old black boy named, called Bubba. Uh, Bubba was um, a rapey person, and he pushed me to go into the uh, stairway that led to the basement art class, and the steps were cold when he was done I walked home and I bawled all the way home and I sat on my mom's lap and she was cheerful and happy and tried to make me laugh and giggle but it was a sad day. This wasn't the first time I'd been abused. Bubba lived in the HUD house uh, across the street from us, but the HUD house beside the one that we lived in were the McLeods. And a woman named Gay wa- watched me, and she had a son named Marvin, and then a younger son. Marvin was about 16, and I was left home alone with Marvin almost every day that I was babysat by him, and almost every day I was molested by him. Uh, one day I was sitting in the living room playing and kind of prattling to myself and talking probably about Marvin and playing horsey and stuff like that. My mom picked up that I was being sexually abused and asked me some questions and counseled me. And the next morning, we stood in a parking lot where the bus, was, where the school buses are, are parked. Gay was a, a school bus driver. And it was so early in the morning that it was still very dark. And Gay was drove her bus up, and um, we had a conversation at the the folding at the doors. My mom told her that I was being abused, and then my mom went off to work, and I got in the bus with Gay she glared at me through the mirror that the school bus driver uses to watch the kids with. And she says, what did you tell her? And I really couldn't answer that. And I was like, my mom says it's not my fault. And she's like, but what did you tell tell her? What did you say? She glared at me with such hatred later, when I was alone in the pickup with uh, her son Marvin, he was sulky and pouty. He was like, why do you tell on me? He was angry. And even this probably wasn't the first time I was abused think part of the reason my mom left my dad was because he was sexually abusive to me. His wife at this time, Renee, had been married several times, and every one of our previous husbands had been pedophiles. Um, Grant was in prison for it. I believe that she was like beard, except not to a homosexual man, but to pedophile men, and she had a beautiful blonde, blue-eyed daughter named Amanda that uh, was provided, and she provided social respectability and kind of cover for him, and in return, she didn't work. Um, I think that's what was going on. Most of my dad's friends were all pedophiles, and I'm fairly certain that one of the ways that they protect themselves is to abuse each other's children, and their children are well trained to keep their mouth shut. It seems like once you fall into this kind of a culture, the abuse comes from every direction. I was a latchkey kid living in a neighborhood where there were two rapey teenage boys next door. This uh, often made me feel hunted. I felt isolated. I spent so much time home alone. They couldn't get into the house when I was alone unless I opened the door for them, and they would stand on the doorstep tell me that my mom said that they could come in and all kinds of other things and threaten and cajole and whatnot. Most of the time they... I didn't let them in, especially once I got older, but when I was younger uh, most of the time I did let them in because I Was alone and dumb. One time Eli or Doberman scatch- scratched on the back door and to be let in and I went and opened the door and there one of them was, can't remember which one, and I screamed and I slammed the door shut and locked it. But most of the time it wasn't like that. They couldn't get in when I was alone But I would wake up in the middle of the night, and one of them would be on me. There was no one I could trust.